You're in tune to the Fusebox Radio Broadcast. Uh, turn the music up inside my session. These folks gotta hear my message. Bringing balanced black radio to the masses. All right, everybody. One, two, one, two. What's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox Radio Broadcast. Bringing the balance back to black radio each and every single week with a mix of commentary as well as... Music representing the black diaspora, such as hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, and more old school and new school, Indian major and everything in between. And we're doing our talk from our particular perspective as black Americans and all of that type of cool stuff. We're your average above average folks. And, um, yeah, we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff. Um, New show, new things going on, and it's going to be... A good time for everybody. Three hours of audio goodness is about to hit your ears right now. In the mix and commentary in, you got myself, DJ Fusion. On the side, you got my bro who does the same thing. Let me have him go right on ahead and introduce himself. Yes, indeed, though, it's the guy, the Cosmos. Let's all uh, Black Hawk and DJ, DJ Fusion. We rock most. Other time, of course, we back here, back Keeping it good and divine. Shabaka Stone, Teddy, take it there. About to show that we rock it all the time. Yes, indeed, we love you, ladies and gentlemen. We like, so glad that you could come back in and tune in and what me and Fusion be doing. Yes, indeed, Fusion, what's the deal? Um, besides this cold, I am doing pretty darn good and whatnot. Um, definitely yeah. shout out to all of our listeners, old school and new school, what by whatever means you check us out. It could be your favorite FM station, it could be your favorite internet radio station. You can visit us on some people's websites, and of course you can hit us up via the wonderful medium uh-huh. of the podcast and what have you. And for those who are new to the show, let me just break down how we do things really quickly before we delve right into stuff. At the beginning, both myself and the Black Hawk go ahead and we just talk about how you can um, check us out, upcoming events, things we've been to, so forth and so on. Then we go on ahead during that segment and get into just talking about some stories and other stuff that's just been on our mind during the past week. And then the next two parts is myself and the Black Hawk just getting into the music mixes. And there's times we have outside commentary and things here and there in the mix with that as well via the folks of either Black Agenda Report and or... excuse me, the Black University Radio Network with their direct effects segment. Shouts out to Glenn Ford and his crew and Lamar Blackman and their crews for those types of things. And, yeah, that is pretty much it. We try to do it in as much of a third thing as possible because we do got this extended period of time. Sometimes the talk goes over. Sometimes it doesn't really depend on how, you know, things rock and roll. But, um, yeah, that's how we do things. So let's um slide right on in. You can always check us out online at our official website fuseboxradioonline.com f-u-s-e-b-o-x-r-a-d-i-o-o-n-l-i-n-e.com if you can't remember that just do fuseboxradio.com we finally got the um website address for that after damn near as long as the show existed so you got two ways to check out our official site blackradioisback.com is our official blog site on Facebook, our Facebook like page is increasing. We deeply appreciate all y'all for that. Uh-huh. You can go to Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Shows. Just straight up one word. Hit that thumbs up. That really helps us spread through other people's eyeballs and stuff and get around on that particular medium. 
And also, thank to everybody who's been sending us um, news items and music and other stuff via that site, too. We really appreciate that, since um, we are two-person crew, can't find everything. But we try the best um, we can to get some interesting stuff to talk about. On Twitter, twitter.com slash FuseboxRadio, Instagram.com slash FuseboxRadio. And if you can't remember any of that stuff, just go on ahead and search for Fusebox Radio via your favorite search engine of choice. You'll find out all of our lovely ways of getting to us. If I have podcast, if you get a chance to, please give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other favorite podcast apps that you use. All that type of stuff does get us to more ears and more people and stuff like that, especially via iTunes, which, you know, the more ratings and stuff we get, the more you can get on their charts and stuff like that. And all that stuff really helps out a podcast. And we've been getting, you know, stuff more here and there. We really appreciate that on that level, too. And let me see here. I think that is about it on the promo end for now. On the quick thank you side of things and upcoming events, thanks to the fine folks of WOW Radio, Community Connections, and Capital Magazine. I did two panels for them earlier in the month. We'll be having some bonus audio from that soon. Right. And whatnot over at the um, new studio um, at the lab um, located in Silver Spring. And one of them was a women in hip-hop panel. Right. And the other was an overall um, hip-hop business panel. And I know they're going to have video and stuff of that soon. So um, definitely check all that out. And thank you for those folks for having me on board there. Anybody who has seen or heard me on the panel knows I really don't care about what I'm going to say. You're going to get some good information and all that, but I'm not going to play it clean. I'm not going to play it cute. You're going to get some good info, though. And um, there was a really good convo in both of those joints, so that was um, definitely on point. Um, thanks to the fine folks of the Capital Canna Show, which I'm going to get into more during the um, commentary talk, for having folks through as press during their past event. And for people who don't know, um, that essentially was a cannabis convention in D.C. Right. Now, it wasn't like everybody getting blazed up or whatever all day or nothing like that. They had like... um. Lots of um, seminars and panels and stuff and exhibitors. And, um, yeah, I'm going to get more to that in the latter part of the show. But that was definitely a interesting experience on more than one end. Um, shout out to the folks at the National Bike Summit on Monday, March 7th, 2016. I'm going to be playing a little bit of music for their advocacy dinner. And that should be cool. For more information about that, definitely check out our website and our social media and things on what's going to be going down on that end. During the month of April, myself and the Black Hawk will be in the mix for the third year in a row DJing at the National Cherry Blossom Festival title basin and cultural stage. And that's going to be each Saturday and Sunday from April 2nd to the 17th. It's free. That's when all the cherry blossoms here in D.C. get into their full bloom. And it's, you know, it's really nice and everything. There's tons of acts from all over the world that come to this joint. And we'll be um, rocking the music from beginning to end in between. So if y'all come through to that on your tour then or just chilling or whatever, give us a wave, say hi, and say what's up. And on May 1st, 2016, um, I'll be DJing again over at the Pittsburgh um, Marathon. I don't have a location and stuff yet, but for all of our folks in PA, once we get that, um, we'll announce that soon. Um, Yeah, we're getting back into that spring, um, summer um, performance season. So it's going to be a good look. And, of course, if you want to book us and stuff, too, you can go to our official website. Because we love doing podcasts and we love doing other stuff, but we do have bills to pay. 
So if y'all can help us pay them bills, whether it's these server bills or these phone bills, or putting gas in the brand new fuse boxmobile, please help us out. <laughs> and all of that. Speaking of, we're gonna have a Patreon site up soon. Since um, real quick side note on that, I, we talked about that during the last show, but um, I had actually forgot I set up a Patreon paid for us. And some people had just given giving us random donations. I'm like, damn, I really need to get that together. So um, during this upcoming week, I'm going to update that, and we'll have the link to that on all of our pages and stuff soon. So if y'all want to give us a dollar a month, if y'all want to give us $5 a month, if y'all are just rich and want to give us a whole bunch of money a month, we'll appreciate it. Because, again, every bit helps, and we know uh, we've had people who've hit us up on our PayPal here and there and stuff too. And, um, yeah, everything's appreciated from your ears to your – coin to come to events and more so that's it on the promo end at the moment oh and thanks to everybody who's been keeping our numbers up really really nicely the um yes, past few weeks with our downloads Thank and other you. stuff such. no doubt since um again we are a literal two-person operation we're trying to get stuff together for expansion on other things we'll announce soon but um yeah like it's nice to, like, look over at um, our stuff and be like, wow, people want to listen to us talk about stuff and play music. And it's been a while since you've been doing this show, but it's still always good well, to, yeah. you know, be appreciated with what we do as um, independent media and black media and black independent media, not bound by a corporation or nothing, you know? So well, no. That is all good. And it's not like there's only 10 podcasts out. So when I see stuff like that, it's like, yay, we're pretty freaking awesome. So, yeah, let's... um get into talking about some things um i'm gonna touch base briefly on some of the experiences i had at the capital canna show and um yeah it's it's an interesting scenario seeing how the legalization the semi-legalization and decriminalization of marijuana is here in the dc metro area um i currently live in maryland the black hawk currently lives in the part of dc and for those who are um, in the international um, parts of the world and whatnot um America's in a weird place with this right now. Some states have it, like, completely legalized, like um, Washington State and um, Colorado. No doubt. And what have you. Some places, like, where I reside, if you have a certain amount of you personally, they're not going to, like, put, you know, put you to jail or anything. You might get, like, a small ticket or something. And it's also kind of sort of like that in D.C., but D.C. also has, like, medical marijuana is legal. Yeah. And if you get, like, a t- if you get um the medical card and stuff, you can go on ahead and um get that and not get hassled. And even then, like, with the way the police system is, like, weed is way down the bottom of the line for most people. In terms of unless you're, like, walking around with a brick and, like, smoking in front of a federal building or something. And not all, and not all offenders um, are, are tested for weed anymore. I think the ones in mental health are, but um, the ones who are not, they don't get tested for weed. Or weed isn't, you know, they're worried. No doubt. And D.C. is interesting because, again, it's the it's literally the, the house of the federal government in our country. No but doubt. But due to the votes and stuff, you know, we do have pretty much, like, almost full legalization. It's definitely decriminalized on a high level. I had to give this background with the event I'm talking about. And stuff for those who may or may not know. So the event I went to was like a whole mix of things. They had like policy people talking. They had some ex-cops talking, talking about stuff needs to be decriminalized, not just weed, but certain drugs in general, because it's not helping out the communities or the population. 
at large. Um, We had various speakers who talked about everything from how to set up your own businesses with it, especially with the way the laws are on the kind of sort of legal thing. We've had um, folks like um, Charlotte Green. I know a lot of people remember her for being the um, black newscaster lady who was just there like, you know, fuck it, I quit instead of the the first um, legal marijuana shop over in Alaska. No doubt. As a closing speaker. And then there were like lots of vendors of various things that were tied into it, which is a whole thing whether you want to – because actually in D.C. you can grow grow it in your crib too. No doubt. With a certain amount of plants and stuff. So you see all types of stuff like um, the heating lamps, of course, all the various means and ways that you could smoke stuff. They literally had like loot box for weed where you could get like various paraphernalia and stuff sent to your house every month. No, no. Which kind of had me blown. <laughs> I was like, damn, it's, it's a thing. Uh, people who were like, we do edibles, but we can't necessarily sell edibles here, but here's a car type of people. Um, like folks who had oils, um, you know, folks like normal and the drug policy people, um, all types of stuff. And I had a few interesting conversations with folks and, um, I got more bonus content I'll be rolling out later on on the interview one. And it was kind of fascinating talking to people because it was like in certain areas, especially, uh, you know, certain more, I guess, economic disadvantaged areas and stuff, you got people who are just there like, yes, I've been kind of doing this weed thing most of my life. But if I have a record, I can't file a certain thing. So to get that official paperwork money and filing taxes money. Or you had a scenario where it's just there like, yeah, let's say you, all your record is clean, all your stuff is straight. If you're still a quote-unquote minority, the cops are going to probably give you more smack than they're going to give somebody else. No doubt. Who's engaged in the business, whether it's paraphernalia or, you know, the actual drug itself or whatever, if you don't have that medical card. No doubt. And I was able to talk to quite a few people about the nuances and um, stuff of like that and their own various experiences. And looking at the business of it, there is a high, I mean, I'm sure people already know this, but there is a huge business for it. And to see some of the barriers that some people of color are dealing with or may have to deal with later on with this, it's really, really fascinating. No doubt. To see how that type of stuff goes. Because, yeah, there's that part of just there like, well, shoot. Um, Because that audience was dumb dedicated. To walk in the door... Like, it's sold out. And I think no, the bare yeah. minimum price was like $25 to get in. And then all the other stuff that was going on. Like, the event sold out. People were selling stuff left, right, in between, passing out info, all of that. But the D.C. metro area, at least at the moment, is still at least half, quote-unquote, minority. And a no, lot of that no. minority is black American. No, no. So you got to sit back and look at things in terms of, well, these guys are being accepted for pretty much selling all the paraphernalia in the world was like, I know full and damn well you're not smoking tobacco. <laughs> but seeing folks of color, which I did see some folks of color doing their thing there on bigger levels, you know, having to talk from the various people, from the law enforcement folks to just regular people, it's like there's definitely interesting barriers that are going on with this. And I'm hoping some of those get changed soon as possible before we get to fill up Morris's weed. Because inevitably it's going to be Cause let's let's keep it let's keep it a hundred. It's gonna inevitably get um, decriminalized, I think, at bare minimum. I think it's gonna get legal because people just want to get that money. When they see these other two states that have illegal, they're getting tons of new tax revenue. 
it's going to get legal. But um, yeah, um, it was a cool event. Um, shout out to um the folks who actually invited us to the event and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I wouldn't have known. People actually hit us up um on Instagram, and I was like, oh, y'all got this thing. They're like, yeah, come through, and I was like, all right. So um, yeah, it's um it's gonna be an interesting scenario to see if you know black folks and other folks of color are gonna get the the ill block when it's like wow there's a real real big money thing because there's a case that uh i think we talked about it briefly last year before i get into this other stuff um there were these guys um i think you've seen their car actually um black hawk um the um kush gods cars around like u street okay and, yeah. um, gallery place yeah that cat had a scenario where they were just there like i have this stuff but because I can't say I'm directly selling it, you can give us donations. And that worked for a while until it got too big. And now they're going through an entire court thing right now. They're like confiscating their cars and everything. <laughs> but I'm not here's surprised at that. But here's the thing. Black dude owned it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I just, I just, for those who don't know, I'm like a black dude owned it. You know what I'm saying? And those joints were out for a minute. I remember one of the first times I was down at U-Street after going to, um, for my 9 to 5 one day to get something to eat. I'm like, wow, there's really this car with this um big old, you know, weed buzz on it. That's like a BMW. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know. That's interesting. Check out that side. I was like, oh, I don't know how long you're going to get to be able to, like, roll and function with that, but whatever, oh, whatever. God. But um, I think to me that already shows that certain people, especially if you had that flat, they're going to try to target you. Yeah. You ain't supposed to be eating like that. Some other guy, they might be like, oh, there's the hippie, stereotypical hippie white person. They might be able to eat like that. Or here's the same, whatever. Right. They might be able to do that. So, and I talked to a few people about that scenario too. So yeah, that's, it's, it's an interesting thing. So I just want to touch base briefly on that event. And we do have, um, some bonus interviews and content that, um, some of y'all have seen that roll out via our podcast feed. And you'll be seeing more stuff later on. So that's it on that level. Um, let's see here. Um, two folks passed away during the past time since we were on the show. Um, first and foremost, let me start off on the better end because the other one's going to have me do a quickie, um, mini rant. Um, actor Tony Burton died. Now, some folks might not know his name, but I know a lot of people know him as Apollo Creed's trainer Duke in the Rocky movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's been around. Yeah, that um, cat was in the mix for a while. Actually, um, originally from um, Flint, Michigan, and originally a boxer. Uh-huh. He um, got into boxing, and um, he was literally one of the only uh, four actors who appeared in the first six Rocky movies. No doubt. And so he was also in Stir Crazy. Like, I know people from see that prison scene. I might have to put up the video I on, do um, remember on him yeah. in that. I do yeah. remember him in that. That, like, that's one of my favorite um, Richard Pryor movies. Of, like, that's a classic. That's time. a classic movie that everybody should see. <laughs> no doubt, him and G. Wilder were like fucking hilarious in that joint. Um, and um, The Shining. So he definitely did his thing for a good long while. So definitely R.I.P. to him and his contribution to the um, black arts and black acting and um, black America as a whole. No doubt. This other death. People were more celebratory about, but that's because I think next to nobody who had since liked this man. And I'm not one who likes to tend to talk too bad about people when they pass away, but some people are just bad. Okay. And um, that was Supreme um, Court Justice um, Antonin Scalia. No doubt. No. 
he passed away at the age of 79 they're saying of um natural causes and stuff and you know somebody is totally disliked when well, nobody says anything good about him even their allies where it's like oh they did some stuff it's like nobody said that this was a cool guy mm. or that they were a decent individual like so the first stuff I saw, because um, I was actually doing some work that weekend, I just had a look on the, on the um, web, and it was like, oh, word, that dude died? Like, the most you saw for some people was like, oh, well, he died. Like, when you saw, um, quote-unquote, conservative um, political folks, the first thing they thought about, like, literally within an hour, one of these guys was talking about, we can't have President Obama put, you know, somebody in his place. Nobody was talking about that this dude died. And of course, being a person of color and a woman, I'm like, you were a whack human being ever since you got put in under Reagan. And you stayed that dude throughout your tenure. This is the same man who had talked about that black students would do better at school if they weren't too fast for them. Since apparently we can't deal with integrated schools in the 2000s. This is the same dude who happily advocated torture for people in war zones and other places. This is the same guy who was happily for capital punishment, which guess who that usually hits hard? Whether you were guilty or not. In terms of death penalty type of situations. He was anti-LGBT, he was anti-woman, he was just a terrible piece of shit of a human being. <laughs> and he just had a whole lot of power to try to be terrible, especially when you had a lot of rulings that were like 5-4 during the past decade or two, and we also, well, the past few decades. And you also had to remember he was on the court when they had the Bush-Gore situation in 2000. Where they had to go through all that hanging Chad bullshit or whatever to pretty much give um, Young Bush the White House. So, some people caught feelings because literally mad um, American minorities were partying hard on Facebook about him dying. Like, partying. Search um, Edson Scalia dead memes and you'll find out all that type of stuff. And I'm like, this is mean? This is messed up, but I am laughing so hard. Because, again, he was whack. Like, the funniest thing I saw was um, anybody who's seen um, Django Unchained, they had a picture of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, what's, what's my man's name? Sam Jackson's a slave character. Crying over the plantation dude. And somebody said that was Clarence Thomas crying about um, Antonin Scalia dying. <laughs> I laughed out loud at that shit in my house. And I'm like, I know this is terrible, but again, you you are a bad dude, and right now the interesting scenario that's coming from all of this is that people are extremely determined to have President Obama not do his presidential duty and even nominate somebody in the White House. Talk about they got to wait till somebody new gets in. Mm. Last I knew, President Obama wasn't three-fifths a president. He's the president of the United States. That is his role. Until they get somebody who's fully in there, if something gets tied in the Supreme Court, that means everything goes back to lower court rulings. Back in the very beginning when everything was founded in this country, you're supposed to have nine Supreme Court justices. Mm -hmm. And 
to see all of these, and it's like, and I hate to say it, besides them sellouts, it's literally majority white folks are acting like he's not supposed to do his job. The the man who died actually was nominated during the last year Reagan's joint. Mm-hmm. And they had him go through. No, no. But they're like, you know, let's keep it real. Some of these um, Supreme Court judges are going to die the next few years. They're, they're all very old. And or retire. Whoever gets in the White House in the new period of time is going to probably end up nominating at least two new people. Right now, if you get somebody in there and if these guys get in relatively young like Roberts, they're going to be around for at least 20, 30 years. Maybe 40 if they're old and ordinary because most of these guys end up having to die out. And looking at people just straight tripping where I'm like, again, the man's corpse was even cold an hour after he died. You got um, political guys talking about, well, we can't have Obama get nobody in there. Fuck that. We ain't going to accept any of his nominees. I'm just there like, hmm. See, <laughs> this this is a trip. And anybody who's listened to our show know that we are not Obamaites. We are not, you know, black people just following anybody else who's black. That's we've right. Criticized, we've criticized um, the things we don't believe in as well as pray to other good stuff. But come on, man. This has never happened with any other president. We've never had this budget nonsense the past eight years the way we've had it. We've never had certain other stuff blocked. But this, I'm like, I don't know, man. It's 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 a trip. It's it's a trip and a half, yo. I mean, he still has the full year before whoever gets in the White House gets in the White House. So, you know. One thing is for sure is that I think Fusion covered a lot of information on that. Is that the thing that black people should learn from Scalia is that he was a person that wasn't liked by liked by people of his own political persuasion. Mm-hmm. But they used him as an ally to further their cause. You see what I'm saying? That's something black folks should learn from that. Because they're going to be people who are going to be um, uh, representing and doing things and speaking on those things for black people and sacrificing themselves. And you might not like those people. But, like Scalia was in a situation where people of his own political persuasion didn't necessarily like him, but they used we're going to have to do the same with our own, you know, because it ain't always going to be, you know, smiley, you know, face people and, you know, that's going to be the people that's going to be in the trenches with you, you know. It's just going to be people that's going to be like, you know, almost like people, you know, who are in your family who you maybe haven't spoken to in a while who you maybe not like. But y'all still love one another, you know, and you know, you, you know, you know. So, but yeah. Anyway, no doubt, no doubt. I actually get to, to a good point with um some updates with the upcoming um presidential election nominations and stuff. I wanted to get into perfect segue. Um, uniting is going to be very real in these next few months, y'all. It's going to be very real because right now, I mean, we know the GOP basically doesn't give a fuck about damn near anybody except rich white men. No doubt. Or rich white women or their their colored lackeys. Let's keep it all the way live. That's just how it is. 
Let as far go. as I'm concerned right now, we were talking about this offline earlier. Um, I think Donald Trump's going to be the nominee. No doubt. Uh, unless a miracle happens during um this upcoming Super Tuesday, March 1st over here, where they got, um I think, like 13 or 14 states have caucuses. Um, by numbers, um, Donald Trump's going to probably end up being the nominee. And yeah, a part of me is like, well, damn, well, we live in idiocracy right now. The movie is real. The other part of me doesn't feel sorry for the GOP or the political system at all. You've had people very actively advocate hate for a long time, hate and fear. Mm-hmm. And you do that, and you're surprised that somebody who, again, I think Donald Trump is a horrible, rich-colored cracker of a human being and whatnot. But you have somebody who knows how to play off of that, who's a showman. He knows how to hit those low marks better than all these cats have been cultivating this mess for the past 80-plus years. And he's running away with things. While pretty much not saying shit. Except America's great. We're going to bring it back. Guess who America was great for from the beginning? It wasn't me. Or people that look like me. People that look like the Black Hawk. It's not really people who have ovaries unless they're banging out the person who's in power. (laughs) It's, it's it's rich white guys and obliarchies and whatnot, and if you you know sub, are subservient, you might do okay and you might not. So the way I look at stuff right now, especially with the, you know how we've been reporting on all the nonsense with it going from the, from the nine billion nominees to whatever, I'm I'm I don't have hope for anybody. Cruz is a terrible human being. Rubio's only slightly less terrible. Chris Christie dropped out who is not a cool human being. Then Carson just needs to go away because he just embarrassed himself so badly. No doubt. And black folks at large, even though he's still trying to hold on. Lindsey Graham is horrible, even though he's trying to act like he's quote-unquote moderate in, in the in the lunatic asylum of that joint. Um, Donald Trump's going to get it. And I think people are going to have to deal with it. And I think a GOP, if it wants to exist in any form imaginable, even in what I personally feel is this horrible, quote-unquote, conservative form, y'all better get your shit together. Because if that dude wins, y'all gonna lose Congress. It's only gonna take a little while that incompetency where y'all gonna lose Congress and you're gonna have some standstill shit like we've been having these past eight-plus years. What has kind of affected me more personally right now is the way the Democratic Party thing is running. Because right now, they're adding like black votes are like Pokemon and shit, a black cosign, you gotta catch them all. This feels so disrespectful the way the Democratic Party is trying to get black votes. Like, we are obligated to vote for them. Now, I think a lot of black America, worse come to worse, and it's going to be like Trump and God knows who the fuck else for their VP nominee, which is going to probably be somebody else horrible. A lot of folks will probably bite, bite the bullet and vote for Sanders or Clinton. But you still need to fight for our fucking votes. You still need to fight for votes of people of color. We aren't obligated to vote for jack shit. I'm not obligated to vote for Hillary Clinton. And that's before I, me even just being a reader and a researcher knowing that Hillary Clinton pulled some slick shit in her history. She was one of the people who talked about, you know, black folks being super predators, that they were poor and, and the crime thing, and that was bullshit. Besides, if people have memories at all, that last time when she ran against Obama, she was trying to drop that, you know, slick coded race talk shit. Let's not get it fucked up. And I think Sanders is well-intentioned and all of that. Quite frankly, if I had to choose between those two, I would probably choose him over Clinton in a heartbeat. 
but he still doesn't get it with particular things too like i look at those parties and i see them like grabbing up different people to co-sign them like well one of these people has trayvon's mom and one of these people has you know tamir rice's folks and here's some people who say they're black lives matter who are doing this which is a whole other fucking conversation for another damn day and here's some other random quote-unquote civil rights negroes who are co-signing so-and-so and so and writing or talk or whatever else how about y'all talk to us like we're fucking people we got concerns we got needs they're loud as fuck in the public how about just addressing those needs how about doing that I am so goddamn tired of the Democratic Party just acting like we're just going to be locked up in their way. Because like it or not like it, y'all need us. <laughs> y'all need us. Y'all need other people of color. Y'all need these other minority type of things. But you got to sell yourself to us. Mm. And it has to be more than look at those crazy niggas over there. It has to be that. Well, you know well. what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm I'm tired of the, of the Negroes or, or voter Pokemon shit for the Democratic Party. Get your shit together. And I know some of these Negroes who y'all got co-signing, y'all are working out some, some, some funny style shit on the side with them in terms of power positioning. But um, I don't think that they're, even though this election is um, a, a different from anyone that I can, uh, I remember in my lifetime, um, Trump is definitely much more vocal than any president of my lifetime. Now, of course, the further we go back, you know, so, you know, people saying certain things was more acceptable, you know, before voting and before, you know, um, people of color were able to, um, have things provided for them in this country. People were much more open about what they would say. Um, that's not to say that Trump is a throwback to that completely. I don't want to say that. Um, I think that within the Western world, America being the military slash financial technological aspect of that, um, You know, certain things are going to matter. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm at the point now with it that, like I have said before, that I'm more concerned about what happens on the local level, you know, as far as voting is concerned. Because I'm not sure if these cats are, are basically any much different from the cats who came before them. You know what I'm saying? As I've heard it being said before, you know, left wing and right wing, there is no animal that has just a left wing or just a right wing. They have a left and a right wing on one organism. So, you know, it's just, you know, maybe one is more believing more on one thing more than another, but they're part of the same bird. So, and under Republican and Democrat, black people coming through the last century had to deal with being discriminated and being it being legally sanctioned and legal and domestic terrorism being sanctioned by the law, you know, and um, not only in the streets but also in the in the hospitals, you know. So you know, it, it, it it's a funny thing, you know. One thing I thought was interesting 
is that I don't know if it was a show, but rare it's rare that you have white boys in the political arena, you know, going back and forth with higher-ups in the Roman Catholic Church. That's rare. And that's why I was saying that, you know, this this election is a little different from any I've ever seen before in the sense of some of the things that have been said or some of the confrontations as they've occurred, you know, that, you know, at least the public knows about. And so, you know, at the end of the day, black people can't go back to the way it was before voting. Mm-hmm. You know, the bottom line is it can't be reversed. Um, you know, and, you know, that's all, that's basically it, you know. I mean, I, I'm, I've heard, you know, people on both sides say things I agreed with. I'm gonna just keep it 100, you know. Um, you know, cause at the end of the day, you know, I hate to say it. I don't hate to say it, but, you know, it'll be misinterpreted, but, you know, when people think about, uh, um, I'm more concerned about political policy as it reflects on Africa and the the games that's being played over there and the using and abusing of land, resource, and people and um, and the pushing of uh, religion, Christianity, Islam, and areas where maybe people don't need it or don't want it. You know, that's, you know, as far as overseas or whatever. But, um... You know, um, but, um, you know, but as far as those places that are being, like, you know, Iraq, Iran, a lot of those places, Afghanistan, the reality is that a lot of those people, and African Americans, I think some know and some understand that, but, um, this is kind of off the subject a little bit. A lot of them people, when they come over here, they don't like American black folks. And so, it's kind of weird because I, this all ties into public policy because in the end, the presidents don't have public policy, how they interact overseas. All presidents are going to have that. Or the script that's given to them. The president don't think of nothing. They're given a script by people who are above them. Who usually make more money and are of a, and are tied into a certain bloodline and tied into certain fraternities and organ and societies that only certain people allow them, and then they pass down information in the president. That's how it has gone since America has begun, and that shouldn't be twisted. Obama is a figurehead. You know, wow. he, he, Obama is like a president of a, of a of an organization. They don't really run nothing. It's the shareholders and the stockholders, and the people on the board of directors. You know, he's just a person that's just up there to be seen by people. Well, I mean, ultimately, we had the thing with our system of multiple checks and balances, which includes the people on the ground. No doubt. My angle on on everything from marching in the streets to voting and so forth and so on is that. None of those people who are truly crooked up above wanted to do any of that mm-hmm. type of stuff. 
and when I look at the portion of the vote, like when I talk about voting, it's not just presidential. I think sometimes our group of people get that messed up, like, oh, we do the presidential election, we get to chill for two to four years. That's not how shit's supposed to work. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to care about what happens in your ground communities, your city, your state, you know, on up. You know what I mean? Including the presidential vote. Because my thing of voting as a person of history and looking at things at large is very simple. If the black vote, the well, not even just the black vote, if the educated vote in general, much less the educated black vote didn't matter, they wouldn't care if you went to the polls. They wouldn't care. Because even some of these people in the most corrupt parts of this country still want to make it look like you have the illusion of being able to do stuff, much less if you actually have some power. There's a reason why every year they try to gerrymander maps to try to make one party seem like they have an advantage over the other. Especially in areas where there's more of a concentration of people of color or people who are social not social in specific parts of socioeconomic um, boundaries and stuff like that. So when I look at this vote, I'm like, if Trump gets in there, if Clinton gets in there, if Sanders gets in there, or whoever else, they're, yes, not the the end all see all of everything I do think some things will get worse if certain people are in there than others but ultimately it's all about you exercising your right no doubt because trust and believe if you've been on this earth at least 15 or so years you've seen a bunch of people try to take away your damn rights no and doubt. they're still actively trying to do it or try to, or try to make it harder for you to vote I mean we're going to probably be in poll tax mode soon the way some states are going in regard to, oh, well, your area is dumb poor. you got to have an ID to vote where you didn't need to, need to have one. And if you don't got money, 35 to 40 or 50 bones is a lot of damn money. No doubt. And what have you. Or we're going to shut down these many polling stations where you might have been able to be only five minutes away. Now you got to be like 30, 45 minutes away. There's a lot of game playing going on. No with doubt. Um, all of this type of stuff. And ultimately, whoever gets up in there... We need to exercise our right to get people up there or to just say screw it to the stuff in general because I'm not going to be the person who says I endorse Hillary or I endorse the Democratic Party wholeheartedly and nothing else like that. You need to earn my vote. If you don't earn my no vote, doubt. I'll vote for a third party. There's plenty of third parties. We're in a few big democracies where they extremely actively try to shut down third parties. You don't ever see somebody in the third party in any of these debates. Because some people are scared of having new ideas introduced to people. There's a reason why they talk about you got to get like a certain percentage before they even give you matching funds if you're part of a third party. They don't want other ideas, but quite frankly, the people on the street always have new ideas, always have new concepts, and we got to push them from the streets to the boardrooms to the government to everything in between. No so, doubt. Yeah, but basically, again, you got to earn the black vote. I'm tired of people like trying to tell like, well. If shit goes bad, you don't vote for Hillary. It's your fault they ain't get it. It ain't my fucking fault. If Hillary or Bernie, whoever else, don't get the fuck in there, that's because they 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 did a poor job trying to sell shit. They did a poor job trying to get votes. If they gotta get these white men and white women, they go through all these hoops and stuff to get their vote. They need to get my fucking vote that way too, as a black American. That's the bottom fucking line. Period. Lord knows we've given you enough shit ever since we've been around here. You might as well try to earn our fucking vote, <laughs> if nothing else. But um yeah that have conversation that, that that pissed me off I had to get into that a little bit um let's see here um all the trials for the Baltimore um police officer and the death of Freddie Gray have currently been halted which is some bullshit no doubt and whatnot 
And a lot of it is coming down to the um, first officer who they had the um, trial for, William Porter, um, having his, um, excuse me, current um, mistrial where they weren't able to find a decision, is messing up the entire um, system because while he might be able to get um, immunity if he testifies against other people, he still will have to go through a case. So they're trying to say that he can't risk self-incrimination. So at the moment, they're um, delaying that for the next few months. I think it's garbage. I kind, I'm not necessarily a conspiracy person, but I kind of feel this was done on purpose. No doubt. Like, oh, it's a little more quiet now. Let's, you know, just say it's a, the system of justice rolling or whatever nonsense they say. But um, we'll get into more of that type of stuff later. A um, little bit of interesting Hollywood news, which it is surprising. It's not a surprise, especially after all the controversy with um, the Oscars being pretty much alabastered out again and stuff, um, Oscars so white and all of that. Um, we talked uh, during the last show about um, the upcoming Miles Davis movie that Don Cheadle is doing. And he's been interviewing about it, and one interesting thing he said about the Miles Ahead movie was that the major hurdle that he had with doing the movie and getting, like, a distributor was the fact that he did not have a white co-star for a long time. Uh, that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood to a T. It's not necessarily a shocker for me, but it's one of those things where I'm just here like, we keep telling y'all that our shit is not really respected. And a story about Miles Davis, who, you know, definitely musical genius, definitely, you know, pushed boundaries on a bunch of stuff that needs the boundaries to be pushed on, while being a complex human being, and on certain levels, on personal levels, dickish or whatever, interesting guy, you know what I'm saying, definitely a historical guy in, in America, was that they needed to have, you know, the, the pseudo-white friend as a part of the story, or, you know, somebody observing it was supposed to be like this Rolling Stone reporter to be a foil to Miles Davis. And, you know, Don Cheadle was, like, diplomatic about it, you know what I mean? He's like, you know, the fact that Ewan McGregor, the actor, and it's, it's cool, I think he's fantastic in the movie, but them having that, he said, he straight up said, that was a component of allowing us to even have a budget to get the film made. Like, um, God, what was that movie, um, the Steve Biko movie back in the day? Yeah. Um, huh? damn, I can't, um, that Steve Biko movie back in the day, I can't think of the title right now. Was that the one by Denzel Washington? Yeah, yeah, um. I don't remember that, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, you gotta remember that movie barely had Steve Biko in it. That had, like, that white dude and that white chick in it the majority of the time. Like, it's bugged out that even in modern day Hollywood, where, it's not like movies with black leads or leads of people of color or woman leads that aren't white women don't make money. Look at Star Wars, one of the highest grossing movies of all time is like the most, one of the most diverse cast in Hollywood for a long time. But you still got folks like, no, 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 we can have the black folks tell their story and get a budget. What you mean? Yo, big up to Robert Townsend. I, was, I remember hearing him on DC Radio speaking truth to poverty recently and about how there's there's like thousands of movies. I heard the brother say there's thousands of movies made in Hollywood and only like six really that are green-lighted that are like have black people in them or that are black-oriented. So, you know, there's an imbalance there, obviously. Um, and what's, what's even deeper about like the deep movies really are, aren't getting made. You know, we... 
you know, we, we have these, you know, these old party, you know, party and bullshit movies, which is cool sometimes. But, you know, when that's the only thing that gets green hiding, you know, in other words, the images that's projected and people that remember in Hollywood's history, the first stereotypical racist images furnished in America were co-signed by Hollywood or presented by Hollywood. So, you know, we're on the, we're on another end of that spectrum. We're another oh, part wow. of that spectrum. And so, um, it, it was good about the internet is that it allows people to do things independently. And hopefully, you know, that's where a lot of these black people who got all this money, you know, as opposed to bragging about it, you should make it easy for there to be outlets for people to have me, uh, people to show movies, maybe just see houses buildings to show them. You know what I'm saying? You know, instead of burning money, you know, pissing money off, and you're going to do that anyway, but do something that you could get a tax write-off off and have it so, you know, individuals could have black movies, whatever. They don't want to show me, okay, we'll, we'll build something. And then have that where where black movies can be shown, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know, or we'll build movie studios, and um, you know, where we can go, you know, um, where we can go um, see it, see our see our stuff, you know. And 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 of course, there's the internet and DVDs or whatever, so stuff is going to get through on that on that line, but you know. At the end of the day, you know, I will be them and they will push agenda an agenda that is deeper than race. See, not putting black images that are um, really what black is, you know, not not a weaker version of it which we allow ourselves to partake in, but what is or what is and what can be, you know. That's that's beyond race, you know. That's that's you know, you know. It's just beyond mind control. That's you know, we're reaching into God control. So you know, at the end of the day, you know, endorse what is good and keep it moving on everything else. No, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, it's it's, it's an interesting scenario when it comes to all of this type of stuff because I'm believing you got to do both. Like ultimately, you need to work and build on your own all the time. But we have a society that has taken so much from us and uses us, including in the realm, definitely in the realm of entertainment. No doubt. Definitely in the realm of entertainment. It got to be like, you know, when we had the entire controversy with these nominations of the Oscars and just Hollywood in general and things in the first place. It's like, y'all use people's labor. You, you show folks off. You do everything. Else, but it's like, oh, your work is cool enough for us to make money off of. And to be like, look, we're, you know, not a whole box of saltines here in Hollywood, but we can't acknowledge your talent, though. So when people have this type of thing, it's like nobody's saying that you're supposed to have, like, a Negro category in the, an Academy Award or the Tonys or the Grammys or whatever else. But recognize people's talents, like, on an equal basis like you want, like you say you're going to. Like, there's some stuff, you know, full and damn well, like, really, that got nominated? Or this person got ignored, and it was like, you know, the the rants and raves of everything, but this this ain't worth it, though. 
And when people look at all this stuff with entertainment at large, it's like you're good enough to have people to dance for, to sing for, to bone, or lust after, or do whatever else. But when they want to be there, like, I am A, a person, to a person who is proud to be black, that causes all kinds of problems. Even if it's just the imagery of it, like, you know, remember all the people bugging out over Beyonce. You listen to that Beyonce song, they ain't shit revolutionary in that fucking song. <laughs> and this is not a diss because everything does not have to be that way but let's keep it real there ain't shit revolutionary in that song but what got people pissed was there were no white people in it but cops and it was a whole bunch of black folks talking about you know doing like you know stunting like we styling we black and you know you know imagery being anti-police brutality because apparently being anti-police brutality still means you hate everybody the way a bunch of Americans are right now like, huh, maybe I actually want to get arrested if I committed a crime instead of getting shot in the street or being assumed to be a criminal and you see these you know, white cats who are driving around shooting a bunch of people, they get to go to jail. <laughs> Do other stuff. They get to live. You know, you wear the wrong clothing and raise your voice too high, you might be dead or crippled. But, you know, people don't want to hear that, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, speaking of, um, I've been kind of loving Black History Month 2016 because it's let all the racists out. No doubt. Like, racists get mad. We they're like, black history on the internet, you, and you bugging about certain stuff. They're, they're like, well, why y'all being loud? Because y'all don't respect us, for one. And secondly, yeah, why, why, why aren't we supposed to be proud of our history? The history we're making right now must look the history in the past. No doubt. Why the fuck y'all pissed off? You know what I'm saying? Y'all having to sit over Kendrick Lamar performance at the Grammys, which, by the way, was great. Of um, all right and other stuff because he had Negroes coming in with um, prison outfits and breaking out of chains. No doubt. And you know, doing other stuff and you know, showing the symbolism from slavery to the prison system to, to getting free as a black person today. No so, doubt. Matt and Beyonce and them for just remotely symbolizing the Black Panthers in visuals at the Super Bowl because she was supposed to be y'all safe Negro girl. Y'all could want to fuck her and dance like her, but you, you could have folks be there like, wait a minute, this um. Even on this smaller level, I'm going to show that I'm still black, you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, And I've had conversations with people about all this type of stuff. I'm about to wrap this up, but it's like, if just the imagery of blackness, and not necessarily blackness as a whole, but I mean, because I am still a diasporic person, but being proud of being black American, even on just a visual basis, is still looked at as an attack. No, no. Just on that basis, much less if you actually have a political mindset that's about overthrowing corruption in the system that screws over again everybody except with right men. That that just gets people so riled up, and I really enjoy it right now. I don't think I'm at that stage. I just enjoy people coming out and just losing their minds. I'm like, I know who you are now. No doubt about Thank it. Thank you. Have a great day. Blackish, um, which actually is a good show. If people haven't seen Blackish yet. They had a great episode where they had. Um, Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Roth as the parents of these kids um, talking about a police brutality case. And everybody had their different opinions on it and stuff. And people lost their fucking shit on Twitter about it. Who were not people of color. Because they even brought the shit up. And it, it is, it's still a comedy show. But it still touched based on a serious subject. So you had both sides of it. But you had people like, that's divisive. How is it divisive? Is it divisive because it's making you question how you function every single day? Well, you should. 
If, if, you, if, if you're not prejudiced or, or an asshole or a racist dick, then you shouldn't have no problem seeing some stuff like that. You should be like, good. The worst I might do is have a tough conversation, but I'm not that person. I'm not trying to have my people be those people. No doubt. I, I'm, I'm happy to see folks dumb, uncomfortable. Because, yes, I personally believe Beyonce knows how to play the fuck out of people with that pop machine. They were just mad that we got turned against them on just a small level. And people are going to still go to that fucking show she does. You got cops having all these little tantrums about, we're not going to provide security. In the perfect alternate universe, she would hire the Nation of Islam. I would cry laughing. I, 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 would, I would cry laughing. And I'm not even the biggest Beyonce fan, even though granted, Farrakhan said they do it if, if, if she wants it. Or she'd hire somebody at security that was all black. Hire all black or all minority security. In a perfect world, that would be the way it is. And I would just die crying because that would be the most excellent thing however as a broadcaster we have not heard of any of these offers that have been brought in yet but I'm just saying like blackness when it can't be controlled and in it's best form pisses people the fuck off and I think it's great well I, 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 I think it's fantastic now of course I want to have it all be with genuine hearts and minds and stuff and not be used just to provoke because again I think some of it is that way I'm not I mean, saying that people don't have good intention and everybody has, does their thing in their own way. Everybody's not going to be passing Van Sertima books around and, and DVDs of lecturers and stuff. But I just like the lessons that this show with various people. I, I just like it. Go on. Sorry. No, I, 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 I would agree on that. I'm not going to get on this too long, but the aspect of people showing a different side of yourself and I've just had people I've, I have met, whether it was coworkers or whether it was people that I came across that, and what's funny is that people will try to make you feel ashamed that you study. I'm from Jersey, so my life, my understanding, I'm from New York and I was raised in Jersey. My life and my understanding is not based on no books. You know, this ain't book knowledge Johnny and that's all he knows you, you know cats from around my I mean just from coming up around my way I was reminded of that so you know I knew and just by experience I knew that all of that was a component I said that to say that Black History is about us studying about ourselves about people in general because everybody comes from black folks you know everybody knows that you know some people say the original black people came out of India. Some people say it came out of Nile Valley. Whichever side that you take on that, that you know everybody comes out of that. And the oldest bones, even of us to date, are not in the New World or in India. It's still in Africa. Central Africa to the Nile, Central Lakes region to, what is that, white now? Right now, Bugal, and then to the now that goes to the Mediterranean. One part branches off and goes to like Central Africa. And the ancients believe that they came from there. You know, so, you know, everything, and, and what's funny in those regions today, you got modern corporations pimping the earth, trying to get stuff from the earth to be able to function in cell phones and laptops. So it's funny, you know. Black people are still around because they need black people. You know, if I read these ancient texts, some some of them, some of these things are like four or five thousand years old. It's, I just get I get off on that reading stuff 
that are people that's 4,000 years old and confirms what, you know, what I've already been doing or what I was told to do. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's a beautiful thing. People don't know, and I'm still learning as time goes on, just a little brief, because we haven't really touched on black African history, black history, whatever. This is brief, just something brief for people who don't read and just a reminder people who may be studying. People don't realize that part of the wars against black people, whether they were in Africa or India or in North America, South America, were as a result of them needing things to survive. People don't realize that outside of the black world, people didn't live past 30 because they know in the black world is where all the spices were. You know, and those spices allowed them to live longer. All this medicine, the modern medical industry is based upon the knowledge of ancient black people. You know, um, that, that medical symbol with the snake around that, that's based off ideas of the ancient Camites or the ancient Egyptians. Symbolism. So, you know, it, 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 people don't want you to want black people to awaken to that. Some black people are never going to awaken to that. Because there's two types of black people. There's black people with souls and black people without. And there are black people who without souls who are going to do anything in their power to prevent that from being really broadcasted like racist white people or like racist Asians and like racist Latins or racist Hispanics. They're going to push by all their means necessary to prevent you from knowing that and do sneaky means to at doing that. You know, like allying with people who don't like you or what have you. You might not necessarily even be a threat to them, but the fact that you represent that in some way, that's a problem to them. Because I've all, you know, starting to study, my parents would buy me, would talk to me and just would be straight up with the people, but was buying me books when I was a kid. And those, you know, they passed on, but I keep those books because it's like special, you know, because I think they knew that, you know, black people coming out of slavery, you know, you know, it's like the movie The Matrix, it's like the movie Total Recall, that we were, we didn't know who we are and we had to wake up to that reality. That waking up meant beyond economics and politics and, and getting on the standing on the world stage again. That meant there was, people don't want to necessarily, uh, 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 you know, get into the ancient information that, you know, there was a virus that affected this world from something in the spirit world. And that virus had a problem with black people. And so we just were dealing with the residuals and that problem, that, that problem, to keep it, keep it short, that, that virus or that spiritual virus didn't want black people to know about themselves and then to rise back and to, um, form with the creator. Remember in nature, they talk about they want to use you as a battery. Exactly. Keep you in reincarnation. You don't learn the truth. Get you in the, what I call Kool-Aid sugar religion. Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. Keep you in that and then keep your ass in the, keep your ass in believing something that ain't true and then they can keep using you. Like the angel said, we can reincarnate back into bullshit. Stuck in that loop. You know what I'm saying? And, but, and I said all that to say is that black history out of my years of studying and being passed on, because this is 
passed on. You know what I'm saying? I, I love the fact that the creative most put that in my family that it was passed on. It's like we're passing on information, passing on old music. That's what we're supposed to do. It's not going to be dominated by that. It's supposed to. Black people who speak against that ain't really black folks. Those white folks with deep hands. That's what it is. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. The fact that we haven't spoken more on black history in Black History Month is, <clears throat> in a sense, a surprise to me. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily what, what Mary is saying ain't doing, but what I ain't saying ain't doing. So, you know, so if we went a little long winded, excuse me. But there's some of us who, some of us who, some of us who, some of us who needed that. You know what I'm saying? So, but, you know, it's all good and, um, definitely if, um, if, if you're a black person that wants to read, or a person wants to read, definitely go support your book, black bookstores and this. There'll be information on that. Information on that, uh, that'll, you know, the Christian find out about the Bible. You know, there's information about that and, and, you know, um, whatever religion you're in, you can find out about that or just find out about stuff that don't have to be ancient. It can be stuff that from the last hundred years, but rather that ancient stuff gives you a proper understanding of the lead up until now and how certain things are and, um, you know, just what things were doing. You know, you might get the, the impression that claim, that people were only flying when white folks here. People were flying in the ancient world. But, you know, it, it, that information, you know, got it. And that's another thing about black history. Black history is not necessarily uh, told it's best. Sorry. Stop it. Go ahead. It's not told at its best within the university settings because they're not going to allow you to teach certain things because they have to confirm with what the Bible says. So uh, man can't go past 5,000 years. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, uh, we can't get information past that. So it's interesting. You should study to know thyself, black man and woman. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, yeah, but this is why I get on Black History Rants every single Black History Month or what have you. Because, quite frankly, if we don't respect our history, who's going to? No, no. Whether it's new stuff that's going down or, you know, definitely older stuff and everything in between. And being able to interpret stuff on your own. I mean, even us, we talk about various, but ultimately this type of thing is for you to be able to absorb media and, you know, be able to interpret stuff on your own and to find your own decision and your own type of stuff. You're not supposed to just take, you know, a whole bunch of stuff and keep it moving. I mean, there's some people that's going to be like, look, this is some bullshit. I'm going to keep it moving, all right? And there's some folks that's like, there's some good information, but other shit that might be problematic. You're supposed to have a critical mind and go through all this stuff. And keep it moving because you don't necessarily want to necessarily you know throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you also don't want to think that bathwater is you know some bullshit as bathwater either. You know what I mean? So, um, speaking of, on a quick side note before we get into like one or two more things and wrap it up before we get into the music, um, shouts out to everybody who's been giving you know really good feedback on um, two of the things we've been doing during Black History Month on the social networking. One of which is you know trying to push supporting Black podcasts more in general. And what have yeah, you, because this this is the big frontier for independent black media with folks who have independent minds and views and ways of expression. Yeah, Especially in the in the modern day and the modern era. There's a lot of great folks who do awesome black podcasts. I've subscribed to quite a few. I've been learning about a lot more during the past month because of the support black podcast movement that we've, you know, been on and what have you. And um yes, it's it's been kinda of cool to have folks recommend stuff to us or find people who, you know, found us out because of that. And whatever. Secondly, during Black History Month on um, Facebook and Twitter, I've been doing a thing called 29 Days of Black Love Songs because we got 29 days this February. 
it has been love there's been like um different kinds of love songs whether it's romantic love friendship love community love the ups and downs of it etc i've been sharing on um both of those mediums no doubt and um that's been um really cool and seeing how folks been digging certain stuff because um People who know me or, like, maybe just ran to the show for the first time, you're going to kind of realize that our musical tastes run all over the map. No doubt. So we've had jazz joints, hip-hop joints, um, house joints, um, of course, soul and R&B, um, instrumental joints, vocals, um, some stuff that has spoken word the entire night. It's been, a, it's been a fun little exercise in general. It's been just kind of cool seeing how folks connect with it. So I want to shout out all the folks on um, those ends. So, yep. And, of course, our show. So, shout out to everybody who's um, been digging all the stuff that we do. Um, and since we've been on the entire um, black media, black history, and black entertainers in general talk, let me get into this recent little bit of news right quick. Then I'm just going to be super fast on this other stuff so we can get into the music. Um, just came in um, to the newswire here. Um, Melissa Harris Perry is uh, pissed off at um, MSNBC. Um, she's, um, for those who aren't familiar with Melissa Harris Perry, she has, um, her show on, um, MSNBC. She's a, um, black lady, um, professor and all that. All right. That's, um, a weekend show. And, um, people have heard me talk on and off about stuff with her. Most of her stuff is not terribly problematic, even though there's parts here and there. I'm just here, like, really, girl? You're that far removed from regular black life because of academia and being on TV. Okay. Type of stuff. But um, people probably see more of that online with me than on the show. I mean, we've had mentions of her here and there. But anyway, um, she's saying she's refusing to go on the MSNBC show she's hosting this weekend following several weeks of preemptions and what she describes as a loss of editorial control. I'm reading this from um, the New York Times website. In an email sent to people she worked with this week, which was obtained by the New York Times, Ms. Harris-Perry said her show had effectively been taken away from her and that she felt worthless in the eyes of NBC News executives. To quote, here is the reality. Our show has taken, without comment or discussion or notice, in the midst of an election season. After four years of building an audience, developing a brand, and developing trust of our viewers, we were effectively and utterly silenced. In a phone interview, Ms. Harris-Perry confirmed that she would not appear on the show this weekend. She said she received no word about whether her show, which runs from 10 a.m. to noon on Saturdays and Sundays, had been canceled, but said she was frustrated at her time for had been preempted for coverage of the presidential election. She said she had not appeared on the network at all for weeks, and she was mostly sidelined during the recent election coverage in South Carolina and New Hampshire. In her email, Ms. Harris-Perry wrote that she was not sure if NBC News chairman Andrew Lack or Phil Griffin, the MSNBC president, were involved in in a way to have her show handled recently, but she directed the blame towards them both. I will not be used as a tool for their purposes, she wrote. I am not a token, mammy, or little brown bobblehead. I am not owned by a lack, Griffin, or MSNBC. I love our show. I want it back. Miss Harris-Perry is black, and Mr. Lack and Mr. Griffin are white. In the phone interview on Friday, Miss Harris-Perry clarified her remarks and said she did not think that race played a role in her recent absence in air. I don't know if there's a personal racial component, she said. I don't know if some, someone is doing something mean to me because I'm a black person. And there's more stuff that goes on. Um, I'm of two minds with this, okay? If they're screwing with you in a genuine way and it's not just like ratings or other types of stuff and it's because of your race or sex, that is fucked up. That is fucked up. On another note, what the fuck do you expect? I'm sorry to be harsh. I'm sorry to be messed up, but it's like, look, 
You think those white folks love you? No matter what the audience you brought in, do you think they really care about you? They let their own go, much less black folks who even semi-deviate from what they feel is a controllable norm. And Melissa Harris-Perry is not a radical by any means, but she's done enough to gain an audience, which for some people is a scary thing, especially an audience that's going to be more diverse than their usual um, demographics. It skews younger, it skews more um, diverse. I think um, Ms. Harris-Perry is, quite frankly, naive. If you've been preempted for weeks and they really haven't told you stuff or whatever, they're getting your ass out the door, ma'am. And I think you got to prepare yourself to move on. Because ultimately, when you get to these bigger stations, the vast majority of people of color, especially if you are remotely anywhere past a shade of pastel, they don't care about you but to, but to um, fill a diversity quota. They don't care. I think you got caught up in the mix thinking that these people do care about you. These are the same stations who have essentially given Donald Trump free press coverage, where he barely had to pay anything for commercial because he's always on these stations. You know what mentality that dude has in the party that you know he's with and rolling with and backing up has. You know, like I think we need to be everywhere in terms of representation as black folks, but I think when you get to certain echelons. You need to be on your toes more than I think she was. So I'm curious to see how this goes or whatever. But quite frankly, I think when certain black people in media get to certain higher places, they rest on their laurels too quickly. No doubt. And that gets you ready to be pushed off and attacked so they can put in somebody else. So I hope the best for Professor Perry and all of that, but I think you and um the MHP show need to find another place to go. If you've been preempted for weeks, it's a wrap for you because we still got a long election to go. You think they ain't gonna preempt all these um preempt other stuff? You're a little crazy. They still got sharpening them other folks there. Quite frankly, they don't even need you for the black component. They say it. They need to be blunt, but that's just how it is, yo. And they don't like black men on those stations. You think they like black women more? I really don't think so. If you're not like a Stacey Dash Coon, they don't. They ain't, they ain't beat for you. So, no doubt. I'm curious to see how this goes. Sorry. But no, I would agree with her. And there was something that I just had forgotten to say with what I was saying that kind of fits in. That I definitely think that they don't need you when you're not playing a role. But they need black bodies. Mm-hmm. People on Black History Month should understand that when you see these. And you see, like these white boys with black women. Part of that is, of course, it's because of sex, because they know that, or they've heard about what black women provide in that area. But it's also about genes. They need our genes. Like that supplement. If you go into health food store, you see melatonin. You gotta get that from human beings. Originally, it was tried to get it from cows. But the cow didn't produce enough. So they had to get it from human beings. So when you see these black wars, you better, you better believe that they got scientists there that picking up black bodies. Just like they were doing it. It's a book called Medical Apartheid. And it was Very about good book. The how, I had to put that out there. 
Yeah, I'm glad you said that and how this how this lady did research on the things that they did to black people in this country. Mobile, but more focusing on uh, this country and how you know, how one part of this country, how there was riots in cities like New York and other places because there were people stealing black bodies for black cemeteries and um or doing foul medical practices um and getting the parts from the bodies because they needed parts and also they knew that black parts were there to provide them with something that they didn't have natural or that they weren't born with. So they do need that. They need the stuff that comes out of black brains, um, out of the pituitary gland and out of the pineal gland. And this which makes up the supplement melatonin. So, you know, that's why I go back to that, that foreign policy thing. A lot of these things related to genetic wars. And they need black people. Once they've mastered that, once you look at the history, because the, you know, the church had to, had to, had to pick the brains of ancient Egyptian priests before they killed them off and put them aside. And then came what they call, uh, uh, the first church or what later became the Roman Catholic church. You know, they, they milk and manipulate us. Kind of like hip hop, kind of like R&B, kind of like jazz. And, you know, um, they manipulate that and then get because you know they that was something special that came out of the black brain. So it's interesting that people would feel ashamed, or people want to bleach their skin, or or people want to get um, tummy tucks with plastic surgery. Because in the way, end of the day, that's what you were born when you're beautiful. But people just step off and keep it moving. You know, it, it, this is a spiritual warfare. That's kind of reason why things are kind of confused. And some of the people who are the puppets don't necessarily won't acknowledge that. But if you start trying to stop people's progression and have a problem with them and they ain't Christian, then that means it's a spiritual warfare. Right? No doubt. Spiritual warfare and or people who are just on some bullshit. Sometimes it's just that for whatever reason people want to, you know, drag folks down. It's definitely and if you're not a host- and Well, you know. Well, I, I believe it's an end, but you know, I'm, I gotta, you know, talk about it to everybody. You know what I mean? Like we all had, we all had different faith systems. Hell, the two of us had different faith systems. So you know, you just gotta put it in, you know, a certain perspective. But um, yeah, man, and actually, that's you, you, you don't even know what I'm talking about because you're not in the studio today, unfortunately. But we, you just are great with the segues right now. Because there's a one legal case I wanted to bring up, then two short music things, and this other stuff we'll talk about next week. We'll be in a good All praise to the Most High God. All praise to the Most High God. You know. Um, um, case that happened in Alabama that um, a lot of people said to us early um, year this week. Um, the family of an Alabama woman was awarded $72 million over a, a link to um, talcum powder um, with ovarian cancer. Yep. I had heard about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular link I'm reading from right now is from the um, al.com, um, alabama.com. I recently heard that from some underground um, physicians and underground nutritionists who really only get their stuff out in lectures or DVD form. Either you go to the lecture and meet them or you see it on DVD. And I heard a brother say something about that, about uh, I saw it in the DVD over a year ago, but the, the, it didn't take place in 2014, though. So that is definitely not new information. 
Um, no, but Disney is not. And uh, this is one of these kids that got brought up. Um, let me just get a little quick um, lead into detail. Um, a St. Louis jury ruled that pharmaceutical giant Johnson & Johnson had to pay the family of a Tarrant woman $72 million for her claims that the company's talcum powder products um, she used caused her ovarian cancer. The verdict on Monday was the first case against Johnson & Johnson over a link between talc and ovarian cancer that resulted in damages. Gerard Beasley, principal and founder of the Montgomery-based Beasley Allen Law Firm, said in a telephone press conference Tuesday morning, a jury in North Dakota found against the company earlier but did not award damages. Jacqueline Foxham, black lady, um, of Tarrant was among 60 women who sued Johnson & Johnson after being diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Fox's case was the first to come to trial amongst that group of women. The company now faces hundreds of other lawsuits. After the month-long trial, the jury in the St. Louis Circuit Court awarded Fox's family $10 million actual damages and $62 million in punitive damages. The jury found Johnson & Johnson guilty of negligence, conspiracy, and fraud. Um, Fox, 62, died October 6th before her case went to trial. She had used Johnson & Johnson's baby power and um, shower to shower for feminine hygiene for more than 35 years, her lawyer said. Beasley predicted cosmetic companies will now put warning labels on their talc products. This case is a tremendous signal to Johnson & Johnson and all the other cosmetic companies. And um, as um, you said from some of the stuff you've heard about earlier, which we, had, we didn't have to really talk about this, which was interesting. Um, yeah, this type of thing has been going on for a while. And to just um, grab up a quick quote from the article, um, BC said through experts at the trial they were able to make the link of talc to ovarian cancer. We are able to prove statistically that 1,500 women have died every year from the association of talc and ovarian cancer. Lawyers had strong internal documents that showed the company knew the risk of its talc products and ovarian cancer as far back as the 1980s. Yeah. He pointed to one document in 1997 where a paid consultant had warned the company um, what the studies were showing. Beasley also had documents showing the company was discussing in the early 2000s how to protect a potential lawsuit and about getting a female oncologist to get the rules out, the message out. They were basically self-regulated and know that they can get really get away with just about anything. That's some deep shit, y'all. No doubt. It's not like it's the first time this type of stuff has happened to the American public, period, much less anybody of color or any other type of stuff. But um, reading up on this case and some of the other stuff from other articles, this was just a very um, deep situation, and this one of those things that makes you know you got to stay on your toes or you got to think about certain stuff. Because, I mean, you have people who've been pushing certain propaganda about use this, do that, or whatever for a minute, but if you got to sit back and be there like, this is kind of weird. Why am I doing this? And then certain stuff happens. And when you try to find information, people block you. It's, you know, a lot of folks only care about their bottom line, unfortunately, whether it's their bottom line for saving their ass or for cash. And it's unfortunate that you got people who are sick or dying because of stuff like this. And um, what have you. And um, it's really unfortunate that this lady who was brave enough to get with a group of people to push against a very huge corporation like Johnson & Johnson is actually based in the um, town where I went to college which is New Brunswick, New Jersey with Rutgers no doubt. huge, huge fucking corporation that's like their original home is like New Brunswick and North Brunswick just side note for Jersey people but um, you know these cats had all the backup but still at least on one level some form of justice prevailed no doubt and um, I just wanted to bring that up because 
Lord knows during some of these times we could bring that stuff up. Um, yep, real, real quick, real, real quick right now. Um, Prince is going to start doing a whole bunch of surprise shows in North America. No doubt. Um, where they're going to be, um, usually one to two shows that are going to be, um, announced via Live Nation and what have you. And this is going to be a lot of stuff in terms of people just being on the web and looking for clues and other types of stuff. So, um, I don't know if Prince or somebody representing him is listening. Y'all need to have something in the D.C. metro area, please. No doubt. I that, saw Prince at Radio City. Nice. I saw Prince at Radio, Radio City Music Hall in the 90s. And I remember seeing Spike Lee, Madonna, a couple of other uh, famous folk in there. And um, it sounded like he had a CD playing. That's how tight the band was. I thought no the nigga was playing um, instrumentals and them niggas was fronting. The band was that tight. It sounded like there was a studio recording. A print show was definitely worth it. No doubt. Like, um, God, it was a few years ago. I saw him at the um the IZOD Center in um, northern New Jersey because he was doing a show where he was um raising money for um some Harlem um nonprofits and some other stuff. No doubt. And that show like was him, Gloria Estefan, Maceo Parker. Janelle Monet before she got Janelle Monet, Janelle Monet, Word. and other folks like that show was fucking crazy, and he did like three encores. Word. And while people can be like that dude's a bit of a weirdo, or maybe not being the certain stuff he's into um, spiritually, or whatever else, he's talented as shit, y'all. No, no. Like whether you believe in a higher power or the universe or DNA or whatever, that dude is wildly talented. And like the the Blackhawk said, like his band, like oh my god, ridiculous. And these were like people who were just standing still. Singers were singing, people were hopping around, all of that. And Prince is like maybe what five foot two of energy. Prince is definitely God, high priestess, high priest of uh, black music. You know, like like that dude is on. That's the reason why he still has a black fro, and he's in his upper fifties. He, he's able to take that to another level. Even if he didn't play all those instruments, he still would be considered a god and high priest. But because he took it to that level, and I think that the effect that his music has on people, or the effect music has, and he's also a person that wanted to be for, uh, fairly treated within the game and stood his ground on certain things, was able to keep his name. So, you know, he, 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 he showed a real strong side of himself by doing that. You know, mm-hmm. you know, definitely I think you should get as much as you can about Prince. Prince got a lot of stuff where if you don't, I'm not a Prince fan, you might not know those recordings exist. Cause I think, you know. No question. You know, so, you know, I got a, I got both my brothers were Prince fans and I just remember when Prince was real big and I was a kid that Every time Prince was being played in the house, or there was just a lot of women around, and um, you know, the Prince is definitely, you know, he definitely got the baby making music and just, you know, the good. He's kind of a good fusion of the stuff from the past. Prince is a, probably one of the better examples of of uh, an amalgamation or fusion of the stuff from the past. You know, a little bit of Fly uh, Stone, of course, and James. Some earth, wind, and fire elements, you know, of course, some P-Funk elements, you know, um, 
you know, Prince got elements of the cats from the 60s and the 50s, too. So, you know, you know, he's an amalgamate of black music. And he got the rock Jimi Hendrix thing going on, which most which most people on black radio don't got a rock component. Prince got that. And, no, uh, like, sorry. Nah, go ahead. No, nah, I was just about to say, like, Prince does such a diverse mix of music. And still has the energy and, and all the other type of good stuff behind it. Like, he is definitely a creative force to behold. Nothing goes. Even if you don't necessarily like Prince music, that dude is a force. No you know what I mean? And there's still a reason why his Super Bowl performance is, like, in most people's top three ever since the Super Bowl has existed. No because that Joe would say, like, you might literally be like, well, it's Prince. Like, somewhere in your music, it's probably, like, Prince, Michael Jackson. And for some folks, they might battle between Beyonce and somebody else. All black people, actually, if you think about it. And it is what it is, you know, in terms of stuff being dope or whatever. There's a reason why they put some color in this year's Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, but, um... That man is um on point, and if he comes around your way and you got you know some bread, even if it's the quote unquote cheap seats, I recommend seeing a print show. And it's not to put anything on a dark note or whatever, but you know, lots of people are transitioning lately. And um, if you get a chance to see some music greats, young or old, and you um have the funds and stuff to do so, go ahead and do it. Go on ahead and do it. But yeah, I thought that was cool. So hopefully he comes around the way when. One of us can run through and see it and and talk about it and gush and all that good stuff. Um, sequence might sue Bruno Mars for Uptown Funk. Um, for people who are familiar, Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson um just took the Record of the Year Grammy for that song, and um, now some of those folks are looking like, hey, this sounds a little too similar to um Funk You Up, which it did in 1979. Well, let me say something so, real, briefly, real quick. Is I remember I had a I had a little the, the debate with one of Mary's girlfriends in, from Stars, New Jersey. And 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 I remember saying that I liked it, but I remember she said something that makes me feel that, that corresponds with this court case now. She said that the reason why she didn't like it was because it sounded like almost, it's, it reminded her too much of stuff in the past. And I, and I said that's the reason why I liked it because, you know, you know, you know most people are not going to be able to generate that type of whatever. They're going to imitate it and so you know they can imitate what the you know black giants of the past did and that's cool and they got a brother like Bruno Mars lacing the vocals and I think he did a good job however I do agree with sister from East Orange though that it that though I like it for doing for for being for for doing that because that song wouldn't have been able to pull it off if Mark Ronson was singing it they needed they needed they needed a Negro you know, he just, um, Bruno Mars on the Puerto Rican end, but you know, those of us who live in New York or even on the Puerto Rican, know there's some black people who are Puerto Rican in New York. And, um, and you wouldn't know it unless they opened their mouth or they told you. And, um, but, you know, so Mark, what they, they needed that nigga force on there to be able to pull it off, really. You know what I'm saying? But I do, I do, it, it's no doubt. I mean, Almost every part of that song reminds me of something from the past. When it breaks down at the very end with a drum pattern change, that sounds like some drums I heard from, from an old soul record. Just almost every part of that record is is almost a paste 
a cut and paste from. It's almost like they sampled. See, see, that's what people don't get it twisted. What he did was sampling. It's just he had niggas play it over. That's all he did. And if it was been about twenty years ago, they'd be like, you know, oh, they sampled whatever. Oh, he just did the same thing. Now somebody's just checking him on it. That's all. No doubt. And, like, I'm looking at this, and I don't know, man. I'm curious to see how it goes, because I've listened to both songs and all that. I can see where – I can definitely see there's an influence. I think the influence is undeniable in terms of at least, you know, the fuck you, fuck you right on up part that Sequence does in comparison, you know, with the margin them doing the up, pound, funk you up, that type of joint. Yeah. I can see that part. Other parts, I don't necessarily know. I had to, like, sit back. Uh, things a few times, but um, I mean they they end up kicking kicking up that um writing credit to Morris Day and even you know Trinidad James and some other people. So who knows? They might just nip it in the bud and call it a day. They they might not want to go through that nonsense um that Robin Thicke and Pharrell put like put themselves into. By the way, no no no. It's funny that you said the Morris the gay Day family. When I saw the Morris Day influence, I was almost I was almost mad at him because I was like, y'all should leave him alone. No. He did it well, let it go. You know what I'm saying? But then again, I guess that's what people do. You know what I'm saying? But when I saw the Morris Day thing, I was like, y'all trying to blend everything black into one, in one, in one presentation. You know? And that's yeah. just like the icing on, cause Morris Day was kind of part of the Prince clique or Prince, that era of sound of, you know, Midwest or whatever. So, you know, you know, or at least the, you know, you know, so now, nah, they, they, they it, it, they maybe will will win that case, but they definitely were sampling from the past on that record, no doubt about it. Oh, no question. I mean, if anything, I think them not getting sued, or at least being able to acknowledge that, look, yeah, we got mad influences in here. Let's call it a day and everybody can eat. No doubt. Hope, hopefully they'll do the same if this is um that particular scenario. And side note, speaking of black history, I don't know how many people know this, Angie Stone's been in the game for a long fucking time because she was in sequence. No, no. For people who didn't know, she's been doing this at Circuit Hill Records. And if you see the cover of the Circuit Hill Presents sequence joint, it's, it's Angie Stone in 80s as all fuck makeup and clothing. Oh, no. Coming at the cover now, and it's kind of funny looking at shit. Like, wow, that's eighties ass. That bang is eighties as fuck. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can't escape yeah, it. Like, um, that there. That's what I'm saying. That's a Jeez. perfect example. That's a perfect example. Of how when people say, "Oh, that's old," but y'all doing all y'all doing regurgitate stuff from the eighties though. So it's like oh, yeah. it is your real mind. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, you can't escape that. You're gonna do it one way or another. It's gonna be uh, gonna be through something else, but it's gonna be there. Look, in, in, in 2010, you've been influenced by – in the 2010s, you've been influenced by something from the past by now. It doesn't mean you're, like, doing a hard copy or anything, but you've been influenced. And, you know, if you're sampling some shit from back in the day, just be like, I'm sampling it. Don't try to front. Don't try to be like that old shit is whack and you sampling something that's older than what you're doing. That's ridiculous from, from anybody. I'm not saying you got to sweat that stuff from back in the day, but if your backbeat is pretty much like something I can hear on, like – um. The slow jam station just sped up, and it's just that sample. Come on, guy or girl, come on. But um, anyway, I thought that was an interesting little story that came up around our way. And um, lastly, since we've um, we're right on the mark actually with um, what I want to do to talk. Um, 
to end things on a bit of another note, and we'll still keep it on the music end. Um, we did talk about um, NYC rapper Pumpkinhead passing away um, a little while ago. Yeah. He is going to be honored with um, a street in Park Slope area of Brooklyn being renamed um, after him and whatnot. All right. uh, Pumpkinhead was also, um, you know, original name is um, Robert Diaz uh-huh. and all of that. And um, they've re- approved the renaming of DeGrasse Street between 4th Street and 5th Avenues um, for him. And um, I know New York's actually doing that type of thing a bit more, which actually New York City should do that. No, no. Because hip-hop is definitely a huge part of New York City. It's part of New York City. Culture. No doubt. So um, it's like how that stretch of Sedwick Avenue where um, <clears throat> Cool Herc, and them did they thing is going to be um, also dubbed Hip Hop Boulevard. So more of that's happening, and I think it's because more people of multiple ends grew up in different parts of hip hop generations. So I thought that was cool or whatever, and especially with a cat like a punk who was like a, more of an underground indie cat, but was very community active and other types of things. To, to have that go down as a, a memorial to him and his family and the hip hop world at large is cool. So big ups to all of those folks, and shout out to the people over at the. Um, in the city who hit me up with that article from DNA Info. And yeah, man, that's about it. We had a nice little talk. We kept it right in the order I wanted to keep the time frame in, so it wouldn't be too long, but long enough. We touched based on a lot of things. Alright. Oh. Oh, and shout out to um Nature Sound. I just got an email. This um new era MF Doom cap is kinda banging. Too bad I don't wear snapback caps. Metal face villain joint. What's the new Doom joint? Um, it's a new hat. He had a, a well, supposedly, because it's been supposedly coming out damn near since I moved back to the DC metro area. Um, supposedly, that Ghostface Doom album is finally supposed to be dropping this year. Okay. And um, what? Now the Doom's always working on one thing or another. And I um, just got an email where they like um, got some new um, Doom gear that um, they're selling, and one of them is like an official New Era um, Doom kit that has like little um little mask and then it had the metal face villain on the front and like little doom things around the brim. Okay. Like it's a dope hat. I I have short hair presently so it wouldn't be doing me no good to get this head as, unless it's just gonna sit in the lab with my um my little Funko um Marvel things. And what have you <laughs> as a collectible joint. Which if people have seen my Instagram, people have probably seen my desk where I took a picture of it. And it's just there like they're probably just like, look at all these damn toys and, like, studio computers. Like, yeah, that's how it is. Look at the littles. Like, y'all see, um, Little little Storm and Little Deadpool and Little Winston Zedmore in his car and all of that, you know. Just because I'm an adult doesn't mean I don't like toys sometimes or whimsy. I'm not supposed to be totally fucking jaded before I go out of transition, you know what I mean? That's why I watch action movies and talk about comic books and music and other stuff. But anyway, man. Yep, we're about to get into the music mix here at the Fusebox yep, yep, Radio yep. Broadcast. Bringing the balance back to Black Bye. Radio on the commentary and musical ends. As always, with our commentary, you don't got to love or agree with what we say in any way, shape, or form. But if it gets you your mind sparked to get you into the combo or whatever, we definitely appreciate that. Check us out via all your favorite means to listen to um radio and um podcast and again if you like what we do definitely give us a rating it helps us out we definitely appreciate your time and effort and also tell a friend tell a foe tell whoever else you think is going to be down for what we do with the show and as always thank you all uh, for all of your support 
we appreciate that um the folks who agree with what we say we appreciate the folks who are like hey i don't necessarily agree with a b c d e but i respect y'all because that's a big thing too right you know so yeah man enough talking fuse box radio dj fusion about to get into the mix all right that's all raw fusion out peace you're now listening to fuse box radio with dj fusion
Light beam, we on a ultra light beam. This is a god dream. This is a god dream. This is everything. This is everything. Deliver us serenity. Deliver us peace. Deliver us love. We know we need it. Pray for Paris, pray for the parents This is a God dream This is a God dream, this is a God dream We on a ultra light beam, we on a ultra light beam This is a God dream, this is a God dream This is everything Everything 
questions I will feel your pain they don't know they don't they don't know they don't know foot on the devil's neck to the drifted Pangea I'm moving on my family from Chatham to Zambia treat the demons just like Pam I mean I fuck with your friends but damn Gina I've been this way since Arthur was Aunt Eater now they want to hit me with the woo out the bam Trying to snap photos of family uh. My daughter look just like Sia You can't see her You can feel the lyrics The spirit coming in braille Tumming of the underground Come and follow the trail I made Sunday candy I'm never going to hell I met Kanye West I'm never going to fail He said let's do a good ass job With Chance 3 I hear you gotta sell it To snatch the Grammy Let's make it so free And the bar so hard That it ain't one gosh darn part You can't tweet This is my part Nobody else speak This is my part Nobody else speak This little light of mine Glory be to God, yeah I'ma make sure that they go where they can't go If they don't wanna ride, I'ma still give them raincoats Know what God said when he made the first rainbow Just throw this at the end if I'm too late for the intro uh, I'm just having fun with it You know that a nigga was lost I laugh in my head cause I bet that my ex looking back like a pillar of salt uh, Cause they've left the script on your ass like Wesley and Spike You cannot mess with the light Look at the channel from 79 we on a ultra light beam. We on a ultra light beam. This is a god dream. This is a god dream. This is everything. Everything. I'm trying to keep my faith, but I'm looking for more. Somewhere I can feel safe. And in my holy world Father, this prayer is for everyone that feels they're not good enough This prayer is for everybody that feels that they're too messed up For everyone that feels they said I'm sorry too many times You can never go too far when you can't come back home again That's why I need Yeah. 
Fusion.
you are my life, my love, my peace, my song, my voice. When I sing, I sing with everything that I have, because you're my everything. When bad days came about, you turned them into good days. When my loved ones were going through changes, you picked them up, turned them around, and gave them place on solid ground. I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. You're everything to me. You're everything to me. You're more than I could ever, ever imagine in my life. I'm so glad to know you. I'm so glad to have you in my life. I'm so glad to share you, to let the world know all over that you're everything. You're everything to me and to everyone else too. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. We wouldn't have what we had if it was not for you. We give you greatness. We give you humble praise. We give you humble praise, Lord, and we thank you, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to keep us so that we always remember that you're everything. Our children know that you're everything. Our friends know that you're everything. That we can announce to the world to know that you're everything, everything to us, and you're more so everything to me. I'm so grateful you're in my life. Thank you so much for this opportunity to know you. Thank you so much for you being in my life to share. Thank you so much for making yourself present in my life that I might have the opportunity to let the world know that you're everything, everything. Whatever you need, you'll supply because you're everything to us. Thank you, Lord. Check this out. You're now deep in the mix. With Fusebox Radio's DJ Fusion.
Now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. 
shit that I used to draw. Portraiture in a human form. Doodle of a two-headed unicorn. It was soothing. Moving his arm in a fusion of man-made tools and amused him beyond even if it went beautifully wrong. It was tangible truth for a youth to refuse to belong. No name nuisance. Stools in a bedroom. Booze in a brand new cuneiform. Barely commune with the horde. Got a whole grayscale uncluing his world. Might zone out to the app of the magpie. Unseen hand dragging his graphite. Cross contour, a little bit of backlight. Black ink after a bristle to baptize. You can imagine a rush that ensue when you get three dimensions stuffed in a two. Then it's off to a school where it's all the get to. Being trained and observed by a capable few. Back in New York by peeps and a dog in a two bedroom doing menial jobs. Plus, rhyming a steel and a bee in a clock. Distractions, freedom abroad. I left some years of giving a light. I left some will the spirit away. I I let my fears materialize. I let my skills deteriorate. Horn about a thought of what I should have been continuing a mission that was rooted in a 20-year affinity and rickety condition with an ID crisis. Snap on the front lawn, look up in the sky, it's shapes falling out of the fringe. All heart though we would have made cowardly kings. They will chop you down just to count your rings, just to count your rings, just to count your rings, and now we're Colors pouring out of the fringe All heart though we would have made cowardly kings They will chop you down just to count your rings Just to count your rings Just to count your rings Used to paint Hard to admit that I used to paint Natural light on a human face Stenciled fire in his roommate's face It was blooming addiction I'm missing a push in a pigment Book like a tattooed pigskin Look, pinhead kids in a minute Drank Kool-Aid from a tube of acrylic And I grew up in a lint seed oil or a linen Joy to the poison, voice to the resin Capture a map with a gesture Back up, add a little accurate fat to the figure Redo that, move that inward Zinc white lightning shoots from his fingers Studios drilled with illusion and tinctures Stay tuned for the spooky adventures You can imagine the stars that align When a forearm starts foreshortening right over Torso hung on a warping spine of a portion Reads is warm and alive Routine day with a dirt cheap brush Then a week goes by and it goes untouched Then two, then three, then a month And the rest of your life to beat yourself up I left some seasons eager to fall I left some work to bury your life I let my means of being dissolved I let my person curl up and die Eating up his innards and unfeasible anxiety Is brutally committed to relinquishing his privacy Aligning with the trials of the anti-Midas Snap on the back lawn, look up in the sky It's shapes falling out of the fringe all heart though we would have made cowardly kings They will chop you down just to count your rings Just to count your rings Just to count your rings And now we're colors pouring out of the fringe All heart though we would have made cowardly kings They will chop you down just to count your rings Just to count your rings Just to count your rings Sick and tired of never understanding. Where is the truth you promised? You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. Yeah. I'm only coming out to play. Nothing more that I hate in this life. The wrong impression. I only have one to make. You can open your palm, waiting to catch a break. The cards are far where they may. And what about me? I believe in fate. Huh. They want to know where I'll be in five. Huh. But what about today? What about tonight? Only one at a time. So precious is yours, is mine. Only one at a time. 
Now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fuse. Hottest 
DJ Fusion. Guess who? Same one, bring them low riders through. Old school, every nine and cops up new. Slap some folks across their face, that's what you gotta do. Paper plates on my car, gold bowl full of gumbo. Sipping champagne through a straw. Hella cleat cold bottles for my dollar clock and squadron. Sliding cold like a bobsled, bitch, I'm my chill. 
the tent up off my window, sorry for the rape.
When they calling out stomping grounds on the west, I'll wait. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm the best, nigga. This the new west, nigga. Respect that. It's top dog. All I'm missing is the red hat. But don't question what pocket I left. My handkerchief, I'm guilty by affiliation in many ways, gangster. But let me explain something. A paradox, if you may. I threw on my fresh Supreme Chuck Taylors today. And then I got a call from Chuck Taylor. I'm saying, the game ain't changed. We still changing the game. Started so. with a dollar and a dream and a pistol. On the corner rag hanging, slinging crystal. You say you can't bang it, let me see credentials. And when I pull this gun out, you know how this go. Started with a dollar and a dream. Look at me now, look at me now, that was days. Started with a dollar and a dream. My first album was a setup. I was the little nigga Pac was talking to when he said keep your head up. Cause he knew what I would be facing after his demise. Jason had the pitched and pies. Better life than flipping fries. I'm the one that crips the spies. Moody A kissed the sky from having dreams that 50 died. Eulogy by Mary Blige. Hopped up in that enterprise. Had to stop the genocide. Went from underdog to watching top dog and Kendrick rise. Now tell me, can I testify? Pull over, try and wrestle five. On the block, no 10 on the rafe. Leave these kids mesmerized. They asked me how I did it. How I got it. Say, young king, you looking bright like I put them weights down. Start practicing lyrics. Exercise, tell me who the next to die. Probably who the next in line. It got me battling ghosts, cause I'm the illest one alive. That's where the pop pun biggie. Why I stand is my city. If we're about to run a train, you couldn't fuck with me. Ever since I saved my coast, it's been born again. If I ain't shit, then who the king of California then? Who can out rap me? Now think about it, the same nigga you about to say can run up and out scrap me. Yeah, out trap me. Yeah, out gap me. I mean, think about it. Exactly. Speaking matter factly, I'm downplaying to actually call me game. I ain't one, still I get paid like an athlete. Through the math, after the math, doc two in the back. Lived up to my expectations. Drake took me first in the draft. Now who the fuck want what? Nobody survives, so look alive when them impalas in the cut. Started with a dollar and a dream and a pistol. On the corner rag hanging, slinging crystal. You say you can't bang it, let me see credentials. And when I pull this gun out, you know how this go. Started with a dollar and a dream. Look at me now, look at me now. That was days. Started with a dollar and a dream. Crenshaw Mafia down the ride They say the Inglewood family's down the ride I heard them two B's niggas is down the ride They say them Southside niggas is down the ride They say them insane niggas is down the ride I heard them Ludus Park niggas is down the ride They say them Denver Lane niggas is down the ride Who gon' ride tonight? Who gon' die tonight? DJ Fusion Uh, wanna hear my old Buy my old albums If you really love it Why I only sold thousands By the grace of God I made it out of housing But I'm still Coney out styling Wild as a stallion And cocky Had to go Rambo To get my wrist rocky Cheddar drink broccoli That's what's on my palate And my wallet Wardrobe was war mode Then I got a stylist Now you wanna smell Miss Miss me On the hardwood With a Knicks beat Flick it up Mellow drop 60 Shifty Low down gritty in I'm just doing this Till my city Is just shit again Drop bow brothers It was notable Make you a believer, my verse ain't get it quotable So f*** it, I'm over you, no f*** it, I'm overdue None of y'all better, bar for bar, line for line to the letter I came from EBT, made it on the BET I 
MTV, MP3, vinyl and CD, all off the PEN. Now six days on SXM, and I'm just getting started. You can hit the target or fill out applications for Target. You won when I'm off it, probably run the forfeit. How you post a score versus tour and not raw? Oh, I'm still beasting the boss. Flow still Malik and Jamal. Still body any beat that I'm on. Any street that I'm on, I'm a sight still. Shine like a million dollar light bill. Even Bum B, no, I'm tight, trail type L. Might steal your missus. Treat it like a full course meal and do the dishes. Scratch off my wish list, add to my bucket list. Name an MC that can f with this. Probably have to add to your bucket list. Bucket this, blam. That's the only way you can body me, fam. Pardon me, damn, I gotta go. Board and take a load and clap this shit up some more. Y'all, go, go, go. Me and my man's on a war tour With the crowd screaming for more tour And Tigolo on the assist, he's the orator You can count on just like a scoreboard But what the f*** you keeping score for When the L is imminent Scrimmaging against you effeminate Some boy shorts, kitten heel rap Scratching up the floorboards in a top hat You rap, this boy George I attack tracks with more force And more anger than a gangster in a Russian divorce Court mad cause his wife is going after his stored porch So she can make some more borscht Than he really wanna call her a bid, but if you call her a bid, the judge gon' tell him that he's a poor sport. Respect my mind. I testify that on the track, your favorite rapper will get left behind. Like he got an F in a core course, not hit a lollygag. I specialize in body bags, and if we in the streets, motherfucker autograph. The only signature that I need is 4-4, so I can run a muck. I just lay low in the buck. I don't really claim to be a tough guy, but never been the shook type. Last name look like first name. Raised in the Marley Mar era So you better call Saul and tell Saul to call Paul Barras Just a little tigolo will make it all better So f*** the radio station and all the call letters Cause my rhyme commodities go off like IDs Lines go over your head and stay there like the sword of Democles Peace the Sky Zoo Odyssey And plus the old school, the Herx, the Bams, and the Toddy T's When I become a legend, just acknowledge me fam Pardon me, damn, I gotta go Y'all clap up, I give it a standing up oh, oh. The hottest, DJ Fusion uh, Set it up, keep rolling, rolling Drop it, baby, drop it like stalling, stalling night yeah, woman, gonna ride that way all way. Look at her, body built for the beach. Do you got that ocean? A body surf don't sleep. Body surf on me. Oh, don't stop, don't stop. I wanna ride that way. I'm gonna ride that way. Yeah, baby, now. Yeah, I'm outside of any bad And get turned in bad 
turn up when I pipe down. And I'ma get it till I wipe out. I'ma bully that thing, baby, lights out. I'm gonna ride that wave. You let it crash down on me. You let it splash down on me. My body shut down, sleep. Until I hit the peak.
the hottest DJ Fusion.
You can listen to the Fusebox radio broadcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Addict, and your other favorite podcast players. Check out the Fusebox Radio's official website for our latest episodes, events, and more at FuseboxRadioOnline.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Show, Twitter at Twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, and Instagram at Instagram.com slash Fusebox Radio. Feel free to contact us at FuseboxRadio at gmail.com to submit music for airplay consideration, 